uh, yeah, we have to move forward with it. We can't wait for the data and the data and the science to to let us know if it's safe or not. We just have to forge ahead and figure it out as we go. Stop it. Welcome to the Naked Apple. Uh, it is just me, your favorite co-host, Trevor. <laughs> Mike claims to have been hit by a train, or he's sick with COVID, one or the other. <clears throat> he's mostly upset that he can't smell. So there's that. Um, so if you want to send him some well wishes or insults, he'll love them both the same. Um, <laughs> so there won't be as many fun bells and whistles this time because it's just me at home without the fancy soundboard and all the quips that Mike has. Hopefully I can help bring some heartening and disheartening news in an entertaining manner. All by my lonesome. Um, <clears throat> a lot to get to and not a lot of time because I got a late start. But it's time for the Babylon Bee because you can't not have some Babylon Bee. And like I said, don't have the fancy bells and whistles and stuff. So you get this. Da da ba da ba da. Ha ta 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 ta. Ta 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 ta. Welcome to. Your day weekly dose of vitamin B. I am Robert filling in for Ecom. <clears throat> and uh, uh, Kenosha residents are painting their doorposts with Black Lives Matter in preparation for the Rittenhouse verdict. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, Biden bows to, vows to keep firing his giant money hose at everything until inflation is fixed. That'll do it. That'll do it. Um, Fauci uh, claims that individual rights are not as important as the needs of the Borg collective. You will assimilate, and you'll like it. Uh, We have here... um, We have here the chosen one. Ten little-known facts about modern-day legend Kyle Rittenhouse. Number one, Tucker Carlson wears Kyle Rittenhouse pajamas. Number two, his midichlorian count is off the chart, over 20,000. Rittenhouse has never shed a tear, ever. Uh, Four, we stopped receiving transmissions from Q the moment he was taken into custody. Coincidence? Standing downwind of Rittenhouse is guaranteed to cause testosterone poisoning. Number six, his AR-15 was forged by the ancient men of Western, of Westernness, with the magical ability to vanquish the dark armies of communism. Always good to have. Number seven, Trump has tapped Rittenhouse as defense secretary in 2024 and vice president. 
According to legend, if a commie pedophile says Rittenhouse in the mirror three times, Kyle will pick them off from 500 yards away. Uh, number nine, he was born on July 4th to a pair of majestic bald eagle parents. Mm. And number 10, Rittenhouse's pro-vaccine. Oh, crap. How did that one get in there? Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and finally, um, Beto O'Rourke has announced a bid to lose the Texas governor race. We wish him the best of luck <clears throat> in that endeavor. And this has been oh, your vitamin B. <clears throat> I hope that was as painful for you as it was for me. Moving on <laughs> to better stuff. More important things. Less important things. I don't know. You be the judge. Um, yep. I have it set up correctly. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's mom uh, has issued a response uh, when asked if uh, Joe Biden's going to be sued for defaming her son, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, she said, our lawyers are going to handle that. Um, by all accounts, I think yes to pretty much anyone that's called him a white supremacist. Because it's kind of weird that a white that he would be labeled a white supremacist when he only shot white people. He's kind of doing a bad job if he's a white supremacist. <coughs> Um, especially white people that were throwing out racial slurs. Huh. Huh. Well, any hoosers. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, I would, I presume as soon as the verdict comes out, it better be not guilty, but they've been deliberating for longer than they probably should have. Um, if it's a not guilty verdict, I'm sure his lawyers or other lawyers could turn around and slap down some lawsuits, defamation lawsuits against pretty much <laughs> throw a, throw a dart at a dartboard of media, uh, personalities and you got a case. Um, something kind of cool is a new university is being um, founded. Um, <clears throat> what's it called? What's it called? What's it called? Uh, Austin University, I think. I think that's what it's called. Or University of Austin. Yep, University of Austin. I know my stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a, um, <clears throat> a group of left, right, and center thinkers and rich people that are done with the modern university system, so they're creating their own. <clears throat> um um, they say in the 20th century, American universities uh, attracted exceptional thinkers in every field and produced an unprecedented wealth of knowledge. Our universities drove scientific process, 
progress, pursued truth, and cultivated an intellectually courageous and competent elite. They helped make the United States the most innovative, prosperous, and powerful nation in history. But today our universities are failing to live up to that legacy. And they lead, and they go through it all of stagnant institutional structures um, where um, professors and such basically got entrenched in their own studies and never diversified or worked with other uh, groups. Um, they also say sacrifice of liberal enlightenment values um, have corrupted academic cultures. Um, just focusing more on money instead of actually producing people that can think of new stuff that we need to move forward. Um, <clears throat> yeah, a bunch of stuff and their focus is on just free thinking and not bound by uh, government or religious or whatever kinds of views and just letting people learn and expand and build on whatever they want to do like a university is supposed to be which i think is a very novel idea it'd be something very worth uh following along um <clears throat> but this uh this announcement came from um ba -ba 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 -ba. from joe lonsdale a partner at 8vc and a founder of Palantir Adapter Resilience Bio, another multi-billion dollar technology companies, um, is one of the founders, and he wrote this big thing for the New York Post. Um, some others that are working with him. Um, uh, he says he's lucky to be joined in this Herculean task by dozens of courageous men and women, not least my fellow founders, uh, Pano Canellas, Barry Weiss, Heather Hang, uh, and Na Nail Ferguson. Neil, May, Niall Ferguson, uh, faculty fellows including Peter Bogos, Bogosian, Kathleen Stock, Ian Heischer, Ian Hershey Ali, and advisors including Robert Zimmer, Stephen Pinker, Jonathan Haidt, Glenn Lowry, Tyler Cowan, Ian Hershey Ali, <coughs> uh, Deirdre Miklowski, David Mamet, so, Rob Amari, uh, Caitlin Flanagan, and many more. Um, but yeah, if you recognize some of those names, those are from all over the place on the political and thinking spectrum, which is fantastic. Um, and an update to this, um, if I remember correctly, they got flooded with uh, applications from... Uh, professors and such across the country wanting to join and be part of this so yeah keep an eye on um, University of Austin and see where that takes us hopefully they can kind of buck the system for the university stuff uh, now to some disappointing stuff <laughs> so the Department of Homeland Security uh, released a bulletin on the 10th of November summary of the terrorism threat to the United States homeland and in this they uh, give some details of uh, foreign and domestic threat actors to include foreign intelligence services okay foreign terrorist organizations sure and DVEs 
I don't know what DVEs is. Domestic Violent Extremists. There we go. Um, <clears throat> DVEs uh, continue to introduce, amplify, and disseminate narratives online that promote violence and have called for violence against elected officials. Oh, interesting. Foreign and domestic. Hmm. Political representatives, government fa uh, facilities, law enforcement, religious communities, or commercial facilities and perceived ideolog ideological opponents. Well, yeah, ISIS and all that stuff. It's also domestic threat actors. Domestic. Huh. This is, of course, on the heels of um, people being a little upset that parents were the target of an FBI investigation where they were labeled terrorists. So, it's good that they clarified this, especially when not a couple days later, um, uh, the new mayor for the city of New York, um, has vowed to bring back the city's plainclothes plain police unit, um, <clears throat> the anti-crime police unit, to help curb all the crime that's happening in New York City. Well, Black Lives Matter didn't like that, and they promised that there's going to be riots and bloodshed and all kinds of fun in the streets. So, yeah. Because... It's racist to have that policy. It's racist for... Let me make sure I've got the right screen showing here. It's racist for this black man to enact a crime policy because it's racist against black people for this black mayor to implement... <laughs> black Lives Matter is going to destroy New York City because the black mayor wants to get crime out of the city. Better way to fight against getting rid of crime than increasing crime. Good, good job, guys. Um, yeah, good on, good on this guy. Um, Oh wait, maybe oh maybe I'm oh sorry, I'm mixed up. I'm mixed up. That's the guy that's calling for bloodshed. Um Who is that? What is new mayor elect Eric Adams has vowed to bring back cities playing close blah, blah, blah. Adams appeared on CNN in exchange with Blacklight. Who's this picture? Michael M. Santiago. Who's Eric Adams? Eric Adams. Okay, that is Eric Adams. It's Eric Michael Santiago must have taken the picture. All right. Well, of course, he's probably like Larry Elder, and he's another black face of white supremacy. That's probably, that's probably what it is. Um, but... To Adam's credit, he said, I made it clear on the campaign trail. I'm going to put in place uh, not I'm going to put in place not the anti-crime unit. I'm going to put in place a plainclothes gun unit, Adam said according to New York Post. This is what I'm going to do. That was my promise and I'm going to keep it. Um, 
He reiterated his stance at the press conference. This city is not going to be a city for riots. It's going to be a ci- it's not going to be a city of burning. This is going to be a city where we are going to be safe. We are going to have effective policing that is not heavy-handed. We are going to have the backs of our police officers. We're going to hold them accountable to do their job. Uh, he then took a shot at BLM ac- activists. It's ironic that at no time did that small fringe group talk about the gun violence that is destroying our city. Um, yeah, Hawk Newsom threatened riots, fire, and bloodshed if they return to, quote, the old ways of policing, end quote. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, New York's gonna get real fun real quick. Um, and, uh, leading into, uh, some Brandon heavy stuff here. Um, there's a poll out now, uh, a few days ago from USA Today in Suffolk. Um, they found that a plurality of U.S. voters want Democrat President Joe Biden out of office in 2022, as his approval rating continues to fall to new lows. Top ten, top 10 responses to the question about what survey voters wanted Biden to do in the next year were, this is a family feud here, uh, number one, resign, retire, quit. 20% of the responses to do that. Oh, Wow. Eleven uh, percent were re- uh, related to the economy and jobs. Eight percent was to unite and help the country. Eight percent was immigration border control. Six percent was COVID and mandates. So number five is where mandates fall into place, which is where some of the next stuff is going into. Uh, number six, infrastructure bills. People don't care about the infrastructure. Five percent said that. Four percent are worried about inflation. That should be higher um three percent health care th- bottom of the list as usual nine climate change environment three percent and bipartisanship three percent yeah uh found the overwhelming majority of registered voters do not want democrat president joe biden to run for a second term as his disapproval rating nears a staggering 60 percent um <clears throat> the poll also found republicans are nearing a are nearing a double-digit lead over Democrats for the upcoming 2022 midterm races. I believe a new poll updated that, and it's like 20 some odd per, uh, 20 some odd percent lead. So he's doing good. He's doing good. Um, nearly half of those surveyed, 46%, say Biden has done a worse job as president than they expected, including 16% of those who voted for him. Independents uh, by seven to one say he's done worse, not better than they expected. Yeah. Nearly two thirds of Americans say they don't want Biden to run for a second term. That includes 28% of Democrats. Uh, good. Good. If the election were today, those survey those surveyed say they would vote for their Republican congressional candidate over the Democratic one by 46 to 38 percent. Wow. Um, only one in four registered voters believe that Biden's Build Back Better program will actually help. So on, so forth. You get the idea. Um, so how are Americans responding to 
Joe Biden? How are they showing, I guess, that that's how they're feeling? Well, there's five retired U.S. Navy SEALs running for Congress. I think when you have Navy SEALs running for House seats in the House of Representatives, I think you've done gone a bridge too far. <laughs> if you have five all at once running for seats, you have uh, Brady Duke from Florida, uh, Derek Van Orden from Wisconsin, Eli Crane in Arizona, Morgan Luttrell in Texas, and Ryan Zink in Ma Montana. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some of the things they had to say, a lot of my friends say, look, the U.S. is falling apart. It can't be fixed. It certainly can be fixed. There's no... There's no one better in crisis than SEAL Special Forces. We're going to win, and we're going to save America. I, I hope so. Um, it's most most certainly at most certainty most certainly out of necessity. We have to bring our community back to center. That's why we're all running because we believe so much in the red, white, and blue. Um, what I learned as a Navy SEAL, we go through high intensity training. We adapt to stress really well, and I think we perform our best under stress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, one of them says they plan to, uh, he plans to address the irresponsible out-of-control spending by Congress. Um, another views Congress as another chance to serve America. Most of us don't want to go to Washington. We have no desire to do that, but we're concerned about this country and we want to do something about it. Good on these guys. Our constitution, our country is worth fighting for. Liberty always wins. We're going to win. We're going to save this country. I hope so. If they are in your um, district, if they are to represent your district, give them a look. And if you approve of where they stand, give them a vote. Send a message. Because that's what's needed. Now, a positive story. In the middle of all this, um, a great uh, um, uh, a great article here. How getting fired for his belief became a huge opportunity for my husband and our family. Um, <clears throat> so this guy was a hotshot CEO guy, um, a Christian CEO of all things, um, but he didn't think uh, taking the vaccine was for him, so he was fired. Yeah. All the way up to tippity-top and fired. So what did he do to respond? Oh, wait. Was he fired or did he... Uh, uh, lost his position. So... And leaving the company. So in s some form, he was distanced from his com from the company he's working for. So he turned around and created uh, redballoon.work. It's a job board where uh, individual freedom-loving people can go to <coughs> find jobs and where um, employers who actually care about individual liberties can post jobs, and you can connect that way. And I took a glance at it. It's pretty easy to skim through and search for what you need in different states, counties, and blah, blah, blah. 
hopefully as more people hear about it. Um, I believe he was on the Glenn Beck program um, talking about it uh, this morning or yesterday. Um, so hopefully that spreads the word a little more and more jobs get posted there just in case you find yourself in a situation where your employer is dumb and you are not dumb and <laughs> want to keep earning money without sacrificing your personal beliefs or even just your personal liberty and you can connect that way with that i highly encourage you to go through and read this article it's uh it's a good uh good article and a couple that kept their faith and turned a bad situation into something positive that's helping a lot of people across the country moving on california these next few stories are all in california california school district votes to defy the state's vaccine mandate that's right the board of trustees at the calaveras unified school district which is comprised of 10 schools and serves more than 2800 students voted five to zero not to support enforce or comply with the mandate which is still pending uh the vaccine mandate um The board also moved to put the topics of mass mandates and testing protocols for COVID-19 on the agenda for the board's upcoming meeting on November 23rd. Um, yeah, they're, uh, they're done. <laughs> That's great. We're not doing it. And good. That, well, people, they can, students can still choose to get vaccinated. Staff can still choose to get vaccinated, but they're not being forced to get vaccinated. Um, the board's informal comments regarding the pending state mandates for COVID-19 vaccinations as expressed by them individually and collectively at the October 19th board meeting indicated they have concerns and questions about the COVID-19 uh, COVID mandate for staff and students, and they do not support the mandate. The letter said, the board is aware of the potential impacts on the district in terms of possible liability, exposure, funding loss, other formal actions that can be taken against the district in response, and they understand the superintendent's recommendation for mandate compliance based upon these potential consequences, <clears throat> but they feel strong in their individual positions on, the, on this topic as expressed on October 19th. And as will be discussed on November 9th, when their vote will determine the position and direction of the district of the district on this matter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is, of course, because Gav uh, Gavin Newsom uh, announced on October 1st is that California would be the first state to impose a vaccine mandate on all public private school students. So this school board said, <laughs> no, no, we're not going to be first. In Oroville, California, where in the world is Oroville, California? Um, I don't know. Oroville, California. Where aisle? Where are you? Where? Oroville. Oroville. North of Sacramento? Huh. 
Okay, then. North of Sacramento. Due west of Reno. That's your that's your coordinates there. Um, <clears throat> Oroville has uh, ruled in a resolution six to one that is a constitutional republic. What what does that mean? Well, it means that the uh, state and the uh, county can do what they want. They're not following any executive orders issued by the state of California or by the United States federal government that are overreaching or clearly violate our constitutional, constitutionally protected rights. Um, uh, the resolution passed in a 6-1 vote at the November 2nd council meeting was passed to, quote, reaffirm to people what type of government we live under, end quote, said Mayor Chuck Reynolds. Yes! Yes! Because we are a republic. The people decide with all these uh via representatives with all these emergencies and leaders declaring emergencies it puts one person in charge and they can do pretty much what they want even when the emergency is no longer an immediate threat they were they the, whoa yeah they were they are reluctant to give up that power i don't know if he said that or if bad typing um <clears throat> yeah uh, the resolution also says city believes, quote, in separation of powers, individual rights, and the rule of law outlined in the United States Constitution, including the freedom for local government to have local control over issues related to the citizens who reside within the city's jurisdictional boundaries. Correct. It's about local government taking care of its citizens, period, and that, what, and that's what we're doing, said Pittman. Man, East Bay Times, you need to get a better spell check. Uh, we didn't uh, we didn't get that detail in the resolution about changing structure. We didn't assign any new powers to any position. The executive branch is the staff that carries out the city council, the legislative bodies, mandates, and wishes. The <clears throat> um, city's not advocating breaking the laws, but also that, quote, a mandate is not a law. Correct. A mandate is an agreement between two people. If you want me to do something and I agree to it, we have a mandate. Some people don't agree with mandates. <laughs> uh, again it's simply reminding people what kind of government we live under and that they do have personal choices and freedoms the only freedoms you lose are the ones you're willing to give up <clears throat> on the sour side of california the biden administration is hoping that a new plan will help alleviate the pressure on the ports in California of Long Beach and Los Angeles. Their plan? Well, they're going to fine car each cargo container that has been there for too long. $100 per container that's been there for over six days. Per day. Per container. Over six days. Because that will fix the problem. <laughs> They're either intentionally doing this or they are absolutely incompetent. Whichever one it is, is not a good answer. Um, now to kind of put that in perspective, um, there's some 
50, there's over 51,000 containers on the terminals that are past the plan's dwell time limits. Um, if this goes into effect, it's uh, by the end of the week. Uh, it's, if the free... If the fee plan is not delayed or modified, the aggregate cost to carriers, which would largely be passed on to importers, would start next Monday in the millions per day and escalate to tens of millions per day later in the week. Huh. So we're looking at 100 million plus uh, per week. Uh, total capacity of all 87 ships offshore carrying containers was 576,720 20-foot equivalent units. Assuming ships are at capacity <clears throat> at an average customs value of 43,899 per import TEU, uh, the average recorded by the Port of uh, the value of cargo floating offshore is around $25 billion. Holy cow. Wow. Um, yeah, this was announced on October 25th. Uh, they were initially set to start on November 1st. That was delayed till November 15th, which was yesterday um, at the time of this recording. Um, I believe the update to that is they've postponed it to the 22nd. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, the daily aggregate fee charged to carriers would escalate to $40 million on day seven. The cumulative fees for all ocean carriers at the end of the first week alone would be $144 million. Carriers have explicitly stated they will pass these costs along to shippers. Where's the shippers going to pass it along to? <laughs> yeah. To the extent possible, raising the question of how politically sustainable the Biden-backed port fee plan would be even after a matter of days. Again, Florida is saying, come on over, we'll give you discounts. But if you go to California, apparently you're getting a higher fee and you're still not getting unloaded. <laughs> Why is this so expensive? I don't know. To be clear, the Labor Secretary, Marty Walsh, said that the mandates aren't supposed to be burdensome for businesses. It's not supposed to be a burden for business. They only have to implement all kinds of things to get their staff to be compliant so they don't have to pay a fee. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's no big deal. And then weekly testing. But a federal appeals court says uh, Bolshevik on that one. The Fifth Circuit Court uh, issued a permanent stay, um, which means the next challenge, if Biden administration wants to go through with it, is the Supreme Court. Um. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah. 
The mandate imposes a financial burden upon them by deputizing their participation in OSHA's regulatory scheme, exposes them to several financial risks if they refuse or fail to comply, and threatens to decimate their workforces and business prospects by forcing unwilling employees to take their shots, take their tests, or hit the road. Yes. Um, within it, it also says it was a three-judge panel, so three, they vote they ruled 3-0 in this direction um they called the mandate gr they ruled that it, the mandate grossly exceeds osha statutory authority yeah rather than a delicately handled scalpel the mandate is a one-size-fits-all sledgehammer that makes hardly any attempt to account for differences in workplaces and workers that have more than a little bearing on workers varying degrees of susceptibility to the supposedly quote grave danger end quote the mandate purports to address this the court put air quotes in their ruling it's grave danger Ooh. <laughs> and why do they do this uh well um just a little bit ago uh a little, little bit before that um this an email from the cdc to some um uh, to some attorneys in a foia request shows that um shows that uh, i have the right thing there we go shows that well the attorneys asked the cdc for documents reflecting any documented case of any of an individual who one never received a COVID-19 vaccine two was infected with COVID-19 once recovered and then later became infected again and three transmitted SARS-CoV-2 to another person when reinfected all right so we need someone who hasn't been vaccinated has gotten sick before and gotten sick again and when they were sick again transmitted the disease <coughs> the Department of Health and Human Services, CDC's response. A search of our records failed to reveal any documents pertaining to your request. The CDC Emergency Operations Center conveyed that this information is not collected. What? It's not, not collect. But the whole OSHA thing said that, you know, it's important to do this because because uh you know it's important yeah we're not collecting it, it we we don't feel like that's Im important oh well this is not a mundane detail michael <laughs> it seems like that's kind of important <laughs> i have a few buttons i have a few things a few bells a few whistles um, this is kind of fun from, uh, our home state of Utah. It is one of a handful of states that have started doing something to this, um, effect. Um, Utah legislature passed a bill on Wednesday last week. Um, um, the bill, uh, required, let's see. Uh, the bill provides employees the opportunity to use exemptions to vaccine mandates. He said it mirrors what exists in higher and 
public education. The exemptions include personal, medical, or religious reasons. That's correct in the state of Utah. Uh, this is being signed into law by the governor as I speak, if it's not already done. Um, medical, check. Religious, check. Personal, oh, I personally don't agree with this. All right, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, <clears throat> um, it also requires for employers who are deciding to follow through with this, the bill also requires employers to pay for COVID-19 workplace testing, prohibits them from making an adverse action against an employee who claims a vaccine exemption, and prohibits an employer from keeping or maintaining a record or copy of an um of an employee's proof of vaccination, except under certain conditions. All right. Um, the bill passed 21 to 6 in, in the Senate and 24 to 5 in the House. Veto proof. Um, uh, change the bill clarifies those who work for the state or local governments can also be exempt from vaccine, from vaccine mandates. So there you go. Um, allows for circumstances where small businesses may be exempt if the employer can demonstrate a vaccine-related need for those particular job duties. Um, if the employer can demonstrate... So if it's like a little medical clinic, I guess, or something like that, um, then they can be exempt from being exempt. Whatever. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, so that's fun, um, especially with in Utah. Now that this is passed, if um, if your state has something similar, um, now that this is passed, Utah's a right to work state. You can be hired or fired for whatever reason your employer chooses, or no reason at all. Um, <clears throat> so now after this, if you're refusing to get vaccinated, then you're fired. You've got a pretty easy case. To build on, well, they fired me because I wouldn't get vaccinated. Oh, 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 oh. Lawsuit. <laughs> the Oklahoma National Guard has stated that it is not enforcing a vaccine mandate on the soldiers there. Yep. Um, citing, uh, what is it, Title 10? Um, oh, Title 32 of U.S. Code. Uh, the guy in charge of the National Guard right under the governor has said since the National Guard is currently not deployed um, by the President of the United States, they are under state jurisdiction, not federal. And no to the mandate. Let's get more of that. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah, to be clear, they're not saying that they can't get vaccinated. They're just saying they have the choice for themselves. Um, something kind of interesting I stumbled across. Apparently, at one point, the Red Cross said you cannot donate um, white blood cells. You can't, you can't donate plasma if you have the vaccine. But then they scrubbed that. Ah! Um, sometime after June 12th, they scrubbed it, and it currently says 
that, well, says nothing about that. Um, <clears throat> uh, if you receive any, uh, if you receive any type of COVID vaccine, this is what it used to say, their manual thing. If you receive any type of COVID of COVID vaccine, you are not eligible to donate uh, convalescent plasma. One of the Red Cross requirements for plasma from routine blood and platelet donations that test positive for higher high levels of antibodies to be used as convalescent plasma is that it must be from a donor that has not received a COVID-19 vaccine. This is to ensure that antibodies collected from donors have sufficient antibodies directly related to their immune response to a COVID-19 infection and not just the vaccine, as antibodies from an infection and antibodies from a vaccine are not the same. Oh... Oh. oh, interesting. They're not the same. Not the same. How not the same are they? Well, Canada uh, did a study among organ transplant recipients, and they found that uh, shows more effective immunity from prior infection than in vaccinated among organ transplant recipients. Huh. Huh. This is from uh, Daniel Horowitz at The Blaze. <clears throat> um, he says, few people are as immunocompromised and vulnerable to COVID as solid organ transplant recipients. Those are the people whom the medical establishment suggests should get shots and boosters early and often, even if they have to mix and match different variations of the shots. <laughs> we barely, we don't know a whole lot about what's happening with these vaccines. So go ahead and mix and match. Get a little Johnson & Johnson, little uh, Pfizer, and hey, on your booster, why not try Moderna? See how they all kind of work together. <clears throat> Different variations. Uh, however, <clears throat> uh, given the fact that these people are also the most vulnerable to complications from the pathogenic spike protein of the shots, why are doctors not first making sure they don't have natural immunity? A new study demonstrates that it, that it is criminal to assume the risks of vaccination for S SOTRs with prior infection. We already have at least 122 studies attesting to the durability of immunity from prior SARS-CoV-2 infection, many of which clearly show that immunity to be much stronger and longer-lasting than vaccine-mediated immunity. However, a new study from researchers at Almera Transplant Center, University Health Network in Toronto, Canada, demonstrates that even organ transplant patients have robust T-cell immunity from prior infection much greater than those who are vaccinated. Well, there's more to it than T-cells. There's also... Yes. Yes. But also, it's different, as we learned from the Red Cross. The Red Cross, by the way, that uh, quietly reported that there were um, blood donations in November that tested positive for COVID-19, even though supposedly COVID-19 didn't start in the U.S. until March, February, March. So more on that in just a second. Uh, yeah, and it's a great little read. goes more in depth on everything, links, all that stuff. Um, draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Now, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, <clears throat> I find it interesting that the faces of the vaccine and the mandates are Dr. Fauci, who's a pathological liar at best, 
um, <clears throat> and is heavily invested in the medical industry. Um, so there's that. Uh, your other face is Big Bird. Cool. And your third face is the CEO of Pfizer, who is a horse doctor. Yeah. Yeah, the, the CEO of Pfizer, he's, he's, uh, well, he joined Pfizer as a veterinarian, and he thinks people who spread misinformation about the vaccine and such should be treated as criminals, like people that spread, quote, misinformation about using, end quote, about using a uh, horse dewormer to cure themselves, even though he knows darn well that horse dewormer and human-given ivermectin are two different things because, well, he's a horse doctor. He's given horses that same medication, and he knows they're different. But I digress. Um, Fauci said in an interview uh, with uh, NPR, um, he said, uh, when you look at the data from Israel, it's very clear that the booster reverses some of the waning effects that you see in people who have been vaccinated for six months or more. Wait, I thought they were working, Dr. Fauci. Um... He said that uh, booster um, booster shots for all twice-vaccinated adults are going to be an absolutely essential component of our response. Not a bonus, not a luxury, but an absolutely essential part of the program. Huh. He said if you look at Israel, which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us in the dynamics of the outbreak in their vaccine response and every other element, they are seeing a waning of immunity after six months of vaccination, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent death, which involved all age groups, not just the elderly, Fauci said. Now, well, he's finally telling the truth. He's finally telling the truth, but... He's acting like it's new, like it's breaking news. We, we talked about this. I know people that actually do this for a living talked about this. Uh, but we were sidelined because that's just fringe stuff. That's, uh, that's conspiracy stuff. That's not true. Oh, Fauci says it's true. Oh. Um, he said it was his opinion that, like Israel, which forged ahead with the booster campaign even before clear scientific studies on the necessity of boosters after six months were available, the U.S. must move forward and not wait for complete data to prove a large-scale booster program is necessary in order to save more lives. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we have to move forward with it. We can't wait for the data and the data and the science to let us know if it's safe or not. We just have to forge ahead and figure it out as we go. <clears throat> we don't have the proof yet, he admitted. The proof will be in the pudding after we get people vaccinated and boosted, and we have a greater durability of protection that doesn't wane as easily. 
If, he, if this is done, he said, Americans realize, realize when looking back that, quote, we were in a public health emergency. We didn't have the time to do an extensive phase 2A and phase 2B study to see whether two doses were better than three or whether six months was better than eight. We just did what we had to do, and it was life-saving for millions of people, end quote. Yeah, but how many lives are destroyed while trying to do this? Wow. Oh, He's that doctor. Yeah. Um, oh, a doctor that hasn't seen a patient in well over 50 years. He's been a bureaucrat for pretty much his whole medical career. Um, now, on the uh, later part that I mentioned of uh, the Red Cross finding stuff, finding COVID and blood donations back in November. Um, I believe on this show, we've just out of curiosity, looked up strong flu and found all kinds of articles about um, doctors that were perplexed by a very strong flu that hit the U.S. Um, in the winter, fall and winter of 2019. <clears throat> um, I decided to uh, change my search a little bit and found that they were finding issues with people that were getting sick and then with the flu and then getting the flu again right after they recovered but it was worse and they were losing their sense of smell and stuff like that and this was in the summer this was texas and all that so the sunbelt uh so their flu season uh was was the summer of 2019 and uh, I saw a couple articles for the late, uh, late winters, middle of spring for uh, the more northern states where they were seeing stuff like that. So I was kind of on the right track of this guy from the ethical skeptic who puts together a habit. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but from what I've read, he puts together quite the case for COVID-19 being misnamed and it should be COVID-18. That's right, COVID-18. China's CCP concealed SARS-CoV-2 presence in China as far back as March 2018. Huh. Why, why, would, why would China do that? Um... Yeah, this isn't like a flippant thing. This is this is a read, a heavy read, um, and it goes into some serious science stuff. And he covers the primary points he covers um, of why he believes that this is the case. Um, the mismatch in timing of Chinese SARS-CoV-2 B1 and B1617-2. Uh, variant global rates of spread so basically this spread way too fast with way too many variants suggesting that it had already been out and about for a while before that uh, the con number two the conclusive evidence of both risk and culpability that SARS-CoV-2 was released not zoonotic so not from an animal, from a Chinese BSL gain-of-function lab during U.S. pause in such research. Three, the elevated rates of 
unidentified flu. This is where this is the route I was on sniffing around in longitude E65-180 nations during 2018-2019 matching geographic pathogenic history. So countries around the world are reporting strange flu-like symptoms in patients. Um, da, 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 da. The observed footprint of COVID uh, prior immunity in longitude E65-180 nations up until Delta variant prior natural immunity breakthrough infections. So there's countries that seem to be getting infected as if their population was already immune. Um, <clears throat> naturally immune. Um, five, the genetics of SARS-CoV-2 itself, which strongly suggests an inception case date of March 2018. Um, so yeah, just the breakdown of how the virus is constructed. The CCP's social response to an unknown, which resulted in unprecedented CO2 PPM reductions during 2018-2019. So China shut down in 2018-2019. The CCP's reactive social disruption patterns exhibited during 2019. They were welding people in their homes. And then people in hazmat suits dragging people out of their homes to go to a hospital. And a doctor that said there, a doctor there that said, there's stuff going on here and the world needs to wake up and pay attention because China is doing stuff. And then he disappeared. Um, the CCP's uh, concerted efforts to conceal the critical databases, genomes, and lab production logs, which pertain to SARS-CoV-2 origins. Back when uh, people were asking the WHO, hey, are you going to investigate China? No, there's no reason to. It started in China. There's no reason to investigate. Oh. Oh. But yeah, he's got all kinds of... Uh, uh, charts and graphs with references on where it comes from <clears throat> all the way from um uh apparently fecal uh aerosols is the main way that it spreads which we use that in uh corn production and all that stuff and it shows overlays of um here's where we use it and here's where cases were the highest oh it's quite the correlation. Um, yeah, and then it shows other stuff of just how it transmits, how it's seasonal. So one of the reasons of how um, it changed to what it is now, got around to the Delta variant and why it, he believes it took so long based off the evidence that uh, he presents, it's because of the seasonality of it, which is something that we pointed out before too was they can't find the flu yet here it is acting like the flu where you have an up and a down and an up and a down and up and a down and he points it out with this thing where it's all down south when it's hot and it starts cooling off it's all up north hmm hmm yeah really long um but a really good article and just delves deep into this stuff. If you really want to have some sort of um, background baseline knowledge of 
stuff that does not, to me at least, does not go down um, the conspiracy rabbit hole at least too deep. It's not, it's not like fluoride in the water to turn frogs gay. Not that kind of rabbit hole of conspiracies. It's a lot of <clears throat> a lot of information from a lot of what would be considered reliable sources: World Health Organization, CDC, um, Japan Health stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. All this, all of this, to show. Uh, I think it was here before. We're saying it's here, but you know, eh. but yeah, this is Jesus is long, 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 but worth it. Um, how do you know you haven't finished reading it? Cause it's just from what I've read. I know that it's worth the read and I intend to finish it eventually. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's all the news stories I got um, related to this last one from the ethical st- skeptic. Uh, I do know that uh, if this COVID stuff is something that fancies you, by the time you listen to this, it'll probably already be over and it'll probably be scrubbed from social media. But just in case, um, I know The Blaze with Glenn Beck is doing this big expose where they went. So there was the Fauci emails where they redacted a bunch of stuff. They went and did a FOIA request on people that were CC'd to those emails, and apparently they didn't. Uh, apparently they didn't redact those. So, so uh, they're going to show what was behind the redactions, as well as some other stuff that uh, it sounds like it's a pretty damning case that they've built up that'd be worth a look um you can check them out on their various social media platforms on facebook twitter i presume rumble i would hope that they've got something set up there just in case they get silence everywhere else or you can go and get a subscription if you don't have one already and check them out and get a look at that see if it's worth your time um and bunny but yeah that's uh that's a quick rundown some of the news for the week sorry it doesn't have the banter and all that that you might like hopefully i entertained you a little bit um at the very least hopefully i kept you kind of up to date and informed on things going on um again check out all links below um give these guys some love and support of especially that uh, redballoon.works um, even just visiting their site to look at it helps them with algorithm stuff um, yeah thanks for all of your support give us a like give us a share give us comments reviews rates four and a half stars if they don't let you do four and a half then I guess you have to round up to five sorry um and uh hopefully next week mike will be feeling less hit by a train and be happy hunky dory and ready to push buttons physically and mentally (laughs) and uh we'll be we'll be back at it 
making some quality content for you guys. Quality. Uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for thanks for it all. Bye. Babylon. Babylon B. Fake news you can trust. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Oh, going so low. Because he was hit by a train. He wasn't hit by a train, but that's what he says he was. Is, was, is. Ah, <laughs> uh, bloosh. <clears throat>